Indignation by Philip Roth Shortly after the North Koreans crossed the 38th parallel, I entered Robert Treat, a small college in Newark. Almost the moment I started classes, my father, a neighbourhood butcher, became frightened I would die. Maybe it was the war. Or maybe it was just death was the only thing worth worrying about for a 75-year-old writer. But he hounded me with questions such as, Are you still breathing? It was ludicrous, because I had always been a responsible A-grade student, and it was as if my father no longer knew me. He'd taught me all he knew about eviscerating animals in the time I'd worked for him after high school. Yet after one year at Robert Treat, I moved to Winesburg, Ohio, to escape him. I was assigned to a dormitory of other Jews, but I requested a move after Flusser had shown contempt for my desire to get a good night's sleep. I moved in with a senior who was as priggish as me and concentrated on my studies. I also enrolled in the Reserve Officers' Training Corps because I expected to go to Korea after graduation and you needed military science to end up as an intelligence officer rather than in a foxhole. The prevailing sexual code of the time was dry humping with no orgasmic discharge, but I wanted to experience intercourse before I died. I invited Olivia Hutton, a girl I'd noticed in the library, to dinner. On the way home, I tentatively kissed her. Unprompted, she gave me a blowjob. Even dead, I struggled to reconstruct the mishaps that resulted in my death at 19. But this metafiction allows me to indulge my passion for discoursing on the horrors of death and go some way to make you interested in my outcome. I couldn't accept that Olivia wanted it to happen. She had to be an abnormal slut, so I avoided her. I then felt guilty and wrote asking her to forgive me, she replied, bidding me adieu, saying she had tried to slit her wrists some time before arriving at Winesburg. My roommate was rude about her letter, so I punched him and asked to be moved to a dingy attic. The dean asked me to explain my sociopathy. I'm an atheist and resent being made to go to chapel, I said. I'm also always right about everything and I'm going to vomit in your office. On my way out, the impossibly good-looking Sonny Cotler told me I could pay someone to go to chapel in my place, and that he'd also had a blowjob from Olivia. The vomiting continued, and my appendix was removed. Olivia visited me, took my penis in her scarred hand, and I projectile ejaculated. My mother disapproved of Olivia. I won't divorce your dad if you promise not to have anything to do with that mad woman, she said. I don't care that she's a Gentile. I worry she's stupid enough to attempt another kosher exsanguination. I agreed, but searched in vain for her. I was saved from the distractions of a moral dilemma. She has had a nervous breakdown, the dean told me. She has been impregnated, and you are a suspect. Fuck you, I shouted. I did not have intercourse with her and will not be a victim of your sexual repression. 
I storm back to my room to find my clothes encrusted with Flusser's semen. Never mind, Sonny said. You can move into the Jewish fraternity. I'll organise someone to go to chapel for you and we can observe the ridiculous set-piece of frustrated undergraduate men raiding the girls' dormitory and masturbating into their panties. That was the beginning of my downfall. As the morphine was squirted into Private Messner to dull the pain of his severed limbs and hacked offal, he lapsed into unconsciousness, then death. How did he get here? If only he hadn't allowed someone else to sign in for him at chapel. If only he could have apologised to the dean instead of more self-righteous fuck yous. If only the writer could have got over his morbid fixation with sex and religion, then there would have been none of this deterministic cause and effect. And Messner would not have left Weinsberg and died in the Korean War. The digested read, digested. Repetition.